Okay, this is um, Elliot Fishman, and I'm going live. I'm working from home today, so I only have my laptop, which makes it a little bit goofy when I do these quizzes. And I'm waiting for Lily to tell me. She just told me she didn't see me, so I started over again. So, Lily, if you see me, let me know. And uh, what I'm going to do here is basically show you a number of cases, and hopefully you will get them right. So the first case is a patient with fever. Multiple pulmonary nodules, they're hazy. What could you think about? Infection, if the patient was immunosuppressed, something like candidiasis. You could think about embolization, that's a thought. Hazy nodules, you might mention metastatic disease. Choriocarcinoma gives hazy mets. Sometimes um, melanoma does it as well. Those are good thoughts. Endocarditis with emboli. Um, again, we said septic emboli, but things in the periphery are commonly with septic emboli. These are peripheral and central. What else could it be? A vasculitis of some sort? That's a good thing to think about. But one of the things I want people to remember, and here's a few more images of that, you also see there's some feeding vessels going around the nodules, very nicely shown. So one thing you really need to think about would be lymphoma. And lymphoma is something we always forget. So the diagnosis was B-cell lymphoma in an HIV patient. This was primary tumor. Lymphoma can present, we typically think about lymphoma with adenopathy, but it can present with nodules. The nodules can be hazy, they can be cavitated. Just a really nice example of B-cell lymphoma. Patient number two, chest pain. See this large mass left supracovicular zone. It's pushing on the vessels, but not obstructing them. It's really cystic. It has septations and lobulations. Huh, what am I dealing with? Could it be nodes? Cystic nodes, germ cell tumors, testicular tumors are a possibility. What else could we be thinking about? Cystic masses, not so much nodes, a primary tumor. What gives you cystic nodes or cystic mass? You can think about a neurogenic tumor. They occur near the apices. That's a possibility. But what else is there? Cystic, septated, smooth. You can think about a number of things. They would occur in the chest. They can occur in the abdomen. And so when you think about it, your answer would have been a lymphatic malformation. It's a really nice example. Now, I would have said this is a cystic hygroma. And one of the things when I started reading a little bit more is that there's a range of terms that are now called lymphatic malformation. It seems like a very generic term, and maybe that's on purpose because the synonyms are cavernous lymphangioma, cystic hygroma, which is what I use, a lymphangioma, a cystic lymphangioma, on and on. So you can see the possibilities, and these are rare. They're fluid-filled channels thought to be due to abnormal development of the lymphatic system and usually presenting and detected patients under two years of age. They're most common in the head and neck region, and they're usually congenital. Just a very nice example. They can cause functional impairment of nearby structures and this disfigurement of affected areas. Just a beautiful example. Now, what about this case? I've seen this case or similar cases many, many times, and recently more frequently perhaps. This is a patient who comes into the pancreatic cancer clinic for evaluation for pancreatic cancer. Now, I always tell our fellows and faculty that when someone comes in for pancreatic cancer, it means we haven't seen the patient yet, which means they may indeed have pancreatic cancer, but someone may have assumed they had pancreatic cancer when they don't. So here you look and you see dilated ducts in the liver, and you see what looks like a mass near the hilum, but you don't see pancreatic duct dilatation. 
Then when you look more carefully, you begin to see the tumor in the portal cable space. You see the gallbladder is distended, but it's thick-walled, and the borders of the gallbladder are very, very poorly seen. And you realize what you're dealing with is a process involving the gallbladder, involving the liver, and the portahepis region. You're not dealing with pancreatic mass. The pancreas is compressed and displaced. The GDA is displaced. There's no pancreatic ductilitation. And here it is on venous phase. You see the gallbladder, the wall thickening, the septations, the nodes present. Beautiful example of gallbladder cancer. Gallbladder cancer commonly has nodes in the porta hepatis, can directly invade the liver. A really nice case, very well shown, a really good example. Now, I then showed in conference a number of pancreatic cases, and I showed a few cystic lesions like this one. Large cystic mass septations, lift up a quadrant. There it is nicely seen, multiple septations. What am I dealing with? Well, you can think about an MCN. MCNs are large, involve distal body tail of pancreas. Great thought with the septations. And if it was an MCN, you have to worry about malignancy because of septations and nodularity. Just because the lesion is large and is cystic, I can think of a serous cystadenoma, but usually they don't have the thin septations like that. Though there's a range with serous cystadenomas from solid tumors to septated tumors to central calcifications, there's a big range. So to say it can't be would be a big mistake. What else could you think about? Spend tumors can be cystic and solid, but this for the most part is cystic. I don't like it for spend tumor. I, I was gonna say for a moment that it's too large for a spend, but that would be a mistake to say. I've seen many, many large spend tumors. And so what was this? This was an MCN with high-grade dysplasia. We're looking at AI for determining dysplasia. When you see nodularity or thickened septations or enhancement, you can predict an MCN probably has high-grade dysplasia. To remind you, all MCNs are considered at a minimum pre-malignant. And so if you have an MCN, which are more common in 40-year-old females, the patient is going to get surgery. Another case, abdominal pain. Now, this case is fairly standard. This was missed twice before at outside hospitals. Things are always missed at outside hospitals. It was six months and maybe 15 or 18 months before. What you see here is a dilated pancreatic duct, dilated pancreatic duct, and this mass right here. You see the transition. Early on, the patient only had an abrupt cutoff of the pancreatic duct. We've said many times when you have the duct cut off, you have to worry about malignancy. You have to worry about pancreatic cancer. Sometimes it's an inflammatory stricture, rare. Sometimes it's a neuroendocrine tumor with serotonin positive and it causes a desmoplastic reaction obstructing the pancreatic duct. But here, hypodense lesion, very, very classic for adenocarcinoma. So again, be very careful. The earliest chance of picking up a pancreatic cancer is with duct dilatation only and don't miss that opportunity. This was a lesion that could have been resected, eventually was, but if you pick it up early, survival could reach 70%. Just a very nice example showing you the dilated duct and the abrupt cutoff. Very nice example. Okay, good. Next case, abdominal pain and weight loss. What you see in this case is a one centimeter or so lesion in the body of the pancreas, it's hypervascular. Now, the kidneys are there, otherwise I could say, well, could this be metastatic, something or other, and usually it's metastatic renal cell carcinoma, which are vascular, but then you're missing a kidney, usually a nephrectomy, or at least a partial nephrectomy. 
if you don't have that, then typically I'm dealing with a neuroendocrine tumor. If I told you this patient also had hypoglycemia, then you're thinking about an insulinoma, which this was. Beautifully showing you how well-defined this is. I want to remind people insulinomas, as, as well as other neuroendocrine tumors, can be multiple. So when you find the lesion, you got to keep looking. Here it is nicely with cinematic there and there. Make sure you're not missing a second lesion. That becomes very important. Again, there's the lesion here and there, nicely shown. And that was an insulinoma. Okay, another patient, abdominal pain and weight loss. This was sent in also for a pancreatic mass. And at first glance, it looks like a pancreatic mass. But then you keep looking, you say, well, there's no dilated pancreatic duct. And hopefully when we get other scans, that's true. There's no intrahepatic duct dilatation. And there's bulky periodic adenopathy present. There's nodes in the portal cable space. And the pancreas doesn't look bad in terms of no duct dilatation. So what are we dealing with? Now you could easily convince yourself it's a pancreatic mass, which happens all the time. And we've mentioned there's lots of things that can fool you. Here again is the nice aortic cable nodes, left periodic nodes, beautiful example of adenopathy. And yes, you can have adenopathy with pancreatic adenocarcinoma, but usually it's not bulky and not so extensive. And surely this was a pancreatic mass. You'd have duct dilatation, both common and pancreatic. You don't see that. So you gotta think of something else. You look at duodenum, make sure we're not dealing with a duodenal gist tumor, for example, or a neuroendocrine tumor or something else. This was B-cell lymphoma. So again, I showed you that early chest case, and now I'm showing you a pancreatic case. B-cell lymphoma is a great mimicker, and you need to think about it often when things don't seem to be perfectly right. And in this case, first glance is a pancreatic mass, but you know something's wrong when you don't see common duct or pancreatic duct dilatation, and you see so much nodes present. Well, those are the cases I showed. Now that's in about, uh, I did that in about uh, 12 minutes or so. Now when I do it for the faculty, it's one hour and I show probably 30 cases, not six cases. I hope you enjoyed them. We do look forward perhaps someday being able to share with people our live conferences from Hopkins. It's always tricky. Um, it's just always tricky because when you open things up, people uh, sometimes misbehave. So it's a little bit tricky. So we haven't been doing that. I don't know if we ever will, but if we do, you'll be the first person uh, I call. So with that, I thank everybody for their attention.